impeachment does start today. We're going to talk to Deborah J. Saunders coming up in a little bit. She's um, a White House reporter with the Las Vegas, whatchamacallit? And, um, uh, yes. Journal Review? Sun Times? No. Pick Iune? No. Las Vegas Review Journal. There you go. Um, and uh, we'll talk to her a little bit about impeachment, but it is going to be going on today. And most people expect most of the day to be taken up with arguing about rules as to how to proceed. Right. So uh, we'll bring any highlights of that. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you understand what's happening. It's going to be a lot of arguing over, you know, procedure today, like all day and all night. And then, you know, everybody starts presenting their case tomorrow. Fantastic. Yeah, just absolutely exciting. Uh, yesterday, in case you were not paying attention to the news, the Democrats were all appearing at various Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, events, trying to look concerned and get black people to vote for them. Why uh, black people would, in the 80th percentile, continue to vote for the same party that screwed them over and over again for decades it confuses me a little bit, but uh, it is what it is. Hillary is laying waste to Bernie now. She has come out and blasted him, saying nobody likes him, nobody gets along with him, and he's never accomplished anything. Yeah, good. (laughs) And he's a phony, and she feels bad for anybody that uh, has fallen for it. That's a heck of a thing to say. Yeah. About millions of cheering supporters that were way more enthusiastic for him than anybody's ever been for her. Many of them children. Let's be honest. Um, uh, Do you have the coronavirus? I hope you don't. That's the virus that's making its way around China, and I've heard way too much about. Another scary virus out of China. Well, I'm not. Come on, China! I'm not scared. The deal. The media goes way too far with these. Human-to-human transmission has happened Joe, we now have six confirmed deaths. Oh. Six deaths in a country of 1.4 billion people? Six people this week in China were crushed by vending machines. Oh. Six, six people oh, man. died having wacky sex. Man, I, mean, I put a dollar in, my sweet and sour pork didn't come out. Let me <laughs> shake it a little bit. That's what Joe assumes a vending machine would be in China. I wish you could get Chinese food from a vending machine. That'd be awesome. Yes. I'd wear out that sweet and sour pork button. But, uh, yeah, six people dying of something in China is not, yeah, come on now. Well, you get Chinese people flooding into our country with their communist viruses, though, and I think it's good that we're on the alert. They're communist what viruses. Are you, are you soft on communist viruses? It's best that we're on the alert. The CDC is right to be concerned. president mm-hmm. is not terribly concerned about impeachment, apparently. He's in Davos, Switzerland for the World Economic Forum. The uh, IMF, the International Monetary Fund, says the global economy is likely to rebound in 2020 because while we have been roaring ahead trump um the rest of the world has been kind of you know lagging a bit they're thinking things could bounce back but there's always a but they warn that there are eerie parallels to the 1920s oh no the 19 do you know about the 1920s they were fine except that they led to the 1930s (laughs) And the Great Depression. Which were uh, super sucky. Super sucky. Oh, my gosh. Brother, can you spare a dime? Yeah, so uh, eerie parallels, you say. Yes. Economists attempting to predict stuff. Right. Why? I'm riveted. But we shall see. Oh, one more economic story. Millennials' share of the U.S. housing market is small and shrinking. This is not good. If you're uh, older, Gen X, uh, Boomer, whatever, okay, Boomer. 
Um, that uh, there's less and less pressure in a good way on the housing market because millennials are, number one, saddled with college debt and uh, not getting married, not having kids, the rest of it. And so it's, you know, pressure always comes from the young upward on the housing market. And and that pressure is is low. It's dropping down below. So, oh, I'm sorry. One more thought on that because I'm I'm obsessed with real estate for some reason. I don't even know why. Um, it's not like I'm some broker or investor or anything really. Um, you're big, sprawling. We made it, honey. We're sixty. We're gonna get a five thousand square foot house, sprawling grounds. Uh, on what a, a five thousand square foot house, and the kids are gone, and everything. Luxury market, that sort of thing uh, is is um, the the next generations don't buy them. It's a risky investment. Just know you're probably going to lose money on it. I don't know why if you're buying them these days. Well, um, I, I will tell you why. You're somebody. You're people like Judy and I. We our hobbies require space in our house. Mm. And so I Your have alpaca room. farm. I well, yeah. The, sumo. Well, the, sumo is the alpacas sumo get a lot cold in the winter. They're furry, but their fur's not that good. You need a lot of space for sumo. Oh yeah. Well, enough to back up, throw the salt, and then ram into each other. <laughs> I'm f- I'm f- trying to form a, a fifty and older sumo league. I'm trying to get that senior sumo, I call it, in the United States because it's a bit oh the tradition, the 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 beauty, the diapers. Um, <laughs> It's it's in its infancy. A fifty and older sumo league, senior sumo, <laughs> yeah. on the senior yeah. circuit, right? Exactly. But again, I mean, just so far we've had a couple of meetings. <laughs> That's fantastic. But if you're interested, email me. Uh, yeah, I'll good. do I'll do this quickly because we want to have plenty of time to. Do we want to have plenty of time to talk to Deborah about impeachment? Well, yeah, I love maybe talking to Deb, but maybe we don't want to have plenty of time. Well, no, we'll just see how it goes. Maybe we should leave ourselves like thirty seconds to talk to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow, you're cynical. This is historic, you idiot. Haven't you been watching the news? This is historic. I've heard it. You know how I know? Because I've heard it 75,000 times. Because all the rich people who run the world get together in Davos, Switzerland. You have certain reporters that show up there. Trump's there, for instance. Mm-hmm. You know, the most powerful people in the world show up in Davos, Switzerland once, right. once a year. Um, and Ian Bremmer's there, who we like from the Eurasian Oh, group. cool. Yeah. So a, a person I know... Texted me yesterday, said, hey, I'm in Davos. I just ran into Ian Bremmer, and I said, hey, I really enjoy hearing you on the Armstrong and Getty show. And Ian said, yeah, those guys are lots of fun. So I guess that's as good as the compliment gets. You know, I, was, I was hoping for more out of that, but uh, anyway. Oh, my God, the insight and the sense of humor. <laughs> that show is my favorite of them all. You're hoping for that? It's, it's something. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. so Ian Bremmer's yeah. tweeting from Davos, and I thought this was kind of interesting, the... Uh, the CO2 emissions from the world's largest economies per capita. Oh, that reminds me. That angry little girl from Denmark is yelling at people again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Greta Thornburg is uh, giving a couple of speeches. She said, we need to forget about net zero. We need real zero. And the crowd cheered like crazy. We need Coke zero. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) It's what I do for a living, baby. I make jokes. All right, lighten up. And everybody cheered like crazy. All these people who run the world who ain't going to do nothing. Right. They're cheering. Yeah, right. I'm not doing anything. Excellent point, Greta. It would cost a lot of money. but Hell yeah. Real zero. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on your side. But, uh... Per capita CO2 emissions, obviously the United States is at the top. Yeah. But just barely, you know who's right behind the United States on per capita CO2 emissions? Who that? Canada. China. 
Canada. Good guess, sir, but no, it's Canada. Nothing, yeah, yeah, uh, Canada. Well, yeah, because... Uh, they yeah. don't have that many people, and they're cranking out a lot of CO2. Well, that's because they're productive. They're a modern economy, but we are cutting our CO2 output, and China and India, which is most of the humans, are cranking it up as fast as they can. Yeah. But we have to let China get away with it because they're an emerging country. They're struggling. They've got a you know third world economy and the rest of it. Blah blah blah. I don't know. Listen, I, oh, it was funny. You know, I was on the cable last night. I was flipping around. I'd finally finished all my news shows. I was strumming my guitar, and there's uh, the morning after, the day after, the morning after. The morning after is when you walk home shame faced. But it was the, the 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 show about global warming causing all sorts of cataclysms around the globe. And it was just delightful. Manhattan buried halfway up the uh, the Empire State Building in snow. And everybody had frozen to death. But like two dozen plucky survivors. <laughs> Did this just happen overnight Giant in this scenario? Sur- oh, yeah. Yeah, we reached the tipping point that little Greta's been warning about. And, uh, and everybody died. Billions of people died. The president had to take refuge, like in Honduras, because it was the only place warm enough. But and... I, I think I'm right about this. It just make, it doesn't make sense to me that this would happen overnight. Wouldn't this happen gradually? Whenever I hear these things about, you know, water would be halfway up the Empire State Building or the Golden Gate Bridge would be under, but this yeah. would happen gradually, wouldn't it? Wouldn't we adjust gradually over the centuries as opposed to you just wake up one morning and, and you're under 100 feet of water? Well, listen, I'm not an expert on the topic to say the least, but uh, there could be some sort of tipping point thing where, you know, process A reaches mm. a certain point. All the glaciers melt and all of a sudden the water goes up pretty high. Well, yeah, or or one of those things where, uh, and listen, again, I'm not an expert, but you reach a certain level of CO2 bit by bit by bit by bit, but then that causes rapid warming, and that process unleashes process B, in which all the dragonflies turn into dragons and they breathe fire on the glaciers or something. Again, I'm only an amateur biologist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's possible it would be, you know, gradually, then all of a sudden. Yeah, I do think you're out of your depth there. Um, but I think we'll be okay. Well, and, and, um, you know, well, I don't want to get into that because we're talking to Deb Saunders in seconds. Impeachment is a big deal. It's only yes. happened. This is just the third time it's ever happened in our history. It could end the removal of a president. It won't, but it could. And uh, so we're going to touch on it a little bit. We'll work really hard not to make it boring. <laughs> Because there are some interesting things happen. I am, for the first time, excited about it, because I think some interesting things are going to happen. Yes. Even though they're trying to impeach the son of a bitch. That's right. right. On the way. How dare they? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The reality for Senate Republicans, there are plenty of them who believe that Trump did exactly what he's accused of and exactly what he said in public that he did. He said, yeah, investigate Hunter Biden. I hope China does it, too. He said it in public. The House is within its rights to impeach the president for these things, and the Senate is within its rights to dismiss the charges against him. And that's how the system works. It's okay. Nobody needs to freak out. It's just how it's 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 how the framers saw this happening. They knew it would be partisan. They knew it would be contentious, but they thought it was worth it including anyway, so we got to run the traps on this stuff. Wait a second. What that an idiot. sort of balanced attitude is not going to play here, my friend. No need to freak out. Are you kidding? We're on permanent freak out here in the U.S. of A. That's a pundit named Chris Steyerwalt who uh, 
That ain't what we're looking for. One side or the other. You're either trying to overturn our election and pull off a coup, or you've got Hitler in the White House, and this is your only chance to get him out. <laughs> Those are your two choices. All right. We'll ask which is correct to Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal, who joins us now. Deborah, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, just terrific. Hey, are you in a pen right now? Because I know they're putting uh, reporters in pens. No, I I am not. We have uh, Gary Martin covers the hill for us, and he isn't he is in a pen. Oh, that's right. You're the White House correspondent. So mm-hmm. is he? Is there like a trough to eat out of? <laughs> How do the pens work? <laughs> they got them from Guantanamo. Oh boy. <laughs> do you, Do you know much about that? Because I, I I keep hearing this that the, the 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 well, what has changed with the the way press is going to be allowed to cover this? Do you know? It's sort of like they adopted the White House rules, right? I mean, we have a White House that doesn't have press, daily press briefings anymore, and we have a rope line for the media. And, you know, from what I'm hearing from, uh, from Prince Orr over there, it's like you try to talk to a, a, a member, like a senator, and people in the, the police think it's their job to shoo you apart. Believe me, uh, you can't get politicians to talk to the media unless they want to. So this is the sort of thing that just irritates people in my business. Yeah, I, I understand they want to limit the chaos, but at the same time, transparency <laughs> is the one necessary ingredient to good governance. So, well, it's one of the necessary ingredients. But, okay, interesting. Well, we'll watch that unfold. We're hoping to get from you a, a brief idea of what the next day or two will bring, just so folks know what to expect. Well, they're about to have a, the House impeachment managers are about to have a press conference where uh, apparently they're going to go after Pat Spallone, the White House counsel, saying that, that, that they want to know what he knows about this, which is sort of unusual because he is the president's lawyer. But at the same time, as you know, the Republicans have wanted to uh, perhaps put Adam Schiff on the stand, the head of the House Intelligence Committee, to see what he knew about the whistleblower. So what we're seeing is just inside stuff to drive the other sides crazy. Uh, Donald Trump right now is in Davos, uh, and and he is trying to what he's trying to do is play. You know, Bill Clinton during impeachment, the guy who's working for the American people at all times. And, you know, he had a great start for January. He got the phase one deal with China signed. The Senate passed the uh, United States-Mexico-Canada agreement. He's, so he's pushing himself as this guy who has a great economy, who works with other world leaders. And, uh, gee, why are these uh, pesky gadflies in Washington bothering him? And in, 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 uh, on this side, you're going to see Mitch McConnell, who is a master at, at using uh, the advantages of his number, fight against uh, House Democrats who are pushing to, you know, to change the rules and make them more in their favor. Well, the, the big question will be whether or not there will be witnesses, uh, whether, and that could be John Bolton, that could be this guy, Love Parnas, that sleazy, you, you know, Ukrainian-American guy. He's a mobster. He's a picture, yeah. <laughs> he's, the, he's the kind of guy you'd pick to, like, you know, collect dead in an elevator or something, right? <laughs> and, and, and so you're going to see guys, so, so you know, there, there are going to be fights over that, and that probably will not get voted on until after both sides have talked for 24 hours each, uh, 16 hours each to make their cases, 16 or 24. It will feel like 24 if it's 16. Well, and, and I know, and, Deborah, sorry to jump in, but I know a lot of the wrangling over what's going to happen and when and how is going to be behind closed doors, too. Closed session. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, basically, and I think the big question will be, we know Democrats want witnesses. They want John Bolton, the former national security uh, advisor who called Rudy Giuliani's escapades in Ukraine a drug deal, right? They want him to testify. And, of course, Republicans want to get uh, Hunter Biden on the stand. So the question will be, uh, will there be witnesses? And if there are, is it going to be both sides or not? It's sort of hard to imagine that you're only going to get the – the witnesses that Democrats want, but it could happen because we do have three or four moderate Republicans who will be key in, in deciding how this thing turns out. So uh, senators see themselves or the Senate sees itself as a, you know, a, a higher, uh, more evolved beast than the House. They don't want a, cir- a circus atmosphere. Do you think they're going to be able to pull that off? No. Okay. <laughs> see brevity the silhouette right there folks yeah. no it's it's going to be insane i think uh, you know we live in it insane times and and by the way deborah you have like 30 seconds so fire away it won't be as bad as the house impeachment that's okay. all i can say uh, okay all right um even though adam schiff and company are are, are gonna soil the senate with their presence that was editorial my words not yours <laughs> deborah j saunders white house correspondent for the las vegas review journal uh deborah i hope we can stay in touch uh, love your coverage and, and thanks a million oh this was really fun you all know right. i love doing the show all right thanks good to talk to you deborah she's the best the key for the senate to have it not look like the house is to do a lot of this stuff behind closed doors i think that yeah. is the key yeah and and literally they kick everybody out but like critical floor staff and the cops and so those arguments of i object object to what i object i object to this let's well let's close it down if you're objecting they're going to do that behind closed doors mostly if they can hours of it hours of it At the SAG Awards, Sparks flew as Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt reunited backstage. Sparks also flew at Angelina Jolie's house when she threw rocks at her TV. (laughs) So, I don't know if you live a life where you ever come in contact with this sort of thing, but there were pictures of Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston like hugging or smiling at each other just everywhere. Yes. Yesterday. And it's just horrifying. Sparking rumors of uh, reuniting. <laughs> so I'd forgotten that they you were. You see, if you do get a life, then you won't have to worry about theirs. Were they the first celebrity combined name couple? I remember they were Branifer? Bradifer? Was that what they were? Um, Brennifer. Piston. You went, no, Joe went well, with Annis Pitt. Annis Pitt. <laughs> Which yes. sounds like something you shouldn't say on the air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bradifer? Yeah, Annis Pitt. That was my preferred name. <laughs> they were the first. The makes you want to throw up. Even though they, they both seem perfectly all right people to sure, me. But, but they're fine. But yeah. the, their combined name relationship thing was a little hard to take. And then the fact Kill me. They, yeah, kill, kill me. me. The fact that they saw each other at an awards show and smiled at each other and hugged and made everybody go crazy over it. It's just, ah. So the great non-story of yesterday, in case you weren't paying attention, was the gun rights rally in Richmond, Virginia, the capital city of the Commonwealth, in which the media told us for days and days, and Tucker Carlson did a nice job of undressing this last night, told us for days and days there are fears of violence and a repeat of Charlottesville and neo-Nazis and that right-wingers and alt-righters and various lunatics would be converging and 
It would probably be a bloodbath. Well, it was a bunch of law-abiding citizens gathering to advocate for a constitutional right, which is what you're supposed to do, and they abided the law, and everything was perfectly fine. Um, but, you know, the one thing Tucker pointed out to me, and I love the specific examples of how media is, how they pull off their bias, how they show their bias. Um, and that is that if it is a left rally or a lefty group or Antifa is involved, they will describe the rally in which people got their heads busted, car windows smashed up, a Starbucks dismantled, the rest of it. The media will describe the rally as mostly peaceful. Whereas if it's, if it's something conservative-y and there's, any, there's a fist fight, they will say, violence at a right-wing rally. It's a good point. And just utterly, and, and, you know, as the point was made, hundreds of thousands of people march every year in the uh, March for Life. How many Starbucks have you seen torched and, 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 and crushed? And how, how much violence have you seen there? None. And it gets no media coverage. Every time freaking Antifa or one of their allied groups is on the scene, there's violence every time. But you will see the rally described as mostly peaceful. The, uh, the, the rioting in Ferguson was described as mostly peaceful. The uh, What was the other one he gave that, that turned into utter chaos, described by the media as mostly peaceful? It's a great example of bias. Anyway, perfectly peaceful in Richmond, law-abiding citizens who were agitating for their constitutional rights, and the media was really concerned about it. Your body temperature is different than you uh, grew up believing it should be. 98.6 has been the temperature that the human body is supposed to be since the mid-1800s. But it has changed over the years. Mm, I've always been a little cold. People who know me know that already. I've usually been almost exactly 98.6 yeah. my whole life. I'm a point four guy. I'm a very average person. Yeah, I'm cool. Um, Everybody knows that. Uh, but it's gone down. Carl Reinhold August Wunderlich. Too many names. <laughs> is the guy How many is enough? Who is the guy who came up in the mid nineteen uh, or eighteen uh, hundreds with the fact that the human temperature is ninety eight point six degrees, hmm. and doctors have just gone with that ever since. But according to the Wall Street Journal, a new study that is out, um, the human body may simply have changed over time, leading to the current average of 97.5 degrees. 97.5? What? Stanford scientists analyzed more than 675,000 temperature readings. That's plenty. That's a lot. Over 157 years. Using everything from pension records of Civil War veterans and CDC surveys administered in the 1970s to more recent research, and determined that... The uh, average is 97.5. I don't think I've ever been that low in my no, life. I, neither, neither have I. I mean, I've never like fallen into a frozen lake and had to be rescued or anything like that. But <laughs> That's good to know. No, I've, I've never been Have you ever been attacked by long. bears? Uh, no. Not that either. It, could it be that you know we used to be a much more physical uh, specim- uh, species? Uh, much more physical work, virtually everybody, and, and so our, our metabolism ran hotter? I don't know, the interesting thing is... I tell you, oh, you know, speaking of that, gosh dang it, uh, I, I, like, I like throwback stuff, vintage stuff, uh, student history, the rest of it. And so vintage clothing kind of appear, uh, appeals to me. 
you know, Frank Sinatra looking suit and the skinny tie and whatever. That's a, I tell you what, if you are interested in vintage clothing, I have, uh, I have two, two suggestions for you. Number one, be very, very thin. Or number two, get very, very thin. Or forget it. The fattest guy in town had a 32-inch waist in 1940. All right? They called him Jumbo, and he had a 32-inch waist. <laughs> Holy cow, people were like pencils. You know, I mentioned Sinatra. Guys like that had like 28-inch uh, waistlines. Oh, yeah. Weighed like 160 pounds. The average, somebody get me some of the Sean. What do you do for a living? Get to Do something. For instance, <laughs> <Wow>. this. <laughs> for instance, this. Average weight World War II enlistee. I think you're going to be surprised. I don't think I'll be surprised, as we've talked about this many times over the years, but it is astounding. Just pretend you're surprised. It is astounding. Yeah, it, it really is. I wonder if that has anything to do with the temperature, though. It's just, I mean, it's just more of a... It's just my harebrained theory. What do I know? But you know, I don't know either, but it, it, we definitely are shaped different than we were. Oh, yeah. Certainly during the Civil War and World War II. Yeah, yeah. Anything uh, pop up there, Shani? Uh, nothing with a little... I'm, I'm refining my search a little bit. Well, in, hurry in up hands. and refine it then. Uh, about really, I'm, I'm going pounds. football coach now. From here on out, a lot of yelling at people. I know where to find that info if you can't come across Average it. height, World War II was 68 inches. Average weight, 150 and a half pounds. 150 pounds. 150. And, and, and folks, that's the average. How many? Yeah. For every fat, just, just whale who weighed 160, there was 140 guys standing right next to him. How many... Adult men, do you know who weigh 150 pounds? Do you know any? Well, those that do, I don't I'm know begging that I them know to any. go to their doctors. <laughs> Johnny, you really got to go to the doctor and see what's going on. <laughs> you weigh 150 pounds, you're a grown man. That is Isn't amazing. that astonishing? Huh. So that'd be for 18-year-olds. We're all lighter when we're 18, right? Oh, well, uh, well, every, uh, everybody served, though, I mean... That famously, the average age of soldiers was way, way, way older than like Vietnam, which was mostly kids, you know, 18 to 25 year olds. The yeah, average age of the World War II soldier was 26. There you go. But That's average. I'm still lighter at 26, but 150, though. Yeah. That is so something. I'm telling you, you got an interest in uh, vintage clothing? Get the stomach staple. You know, I was going to do the story. In fact, I'll get to that today because it's so interesting. Um, uh, China is, uh, their population is actually shrinking. They've stopped having babies. The reason why is what's interesting. Um, and it's the same as the rest of the world. But you have human beings that are much larger. Yes. And they don't reproduce. Yeah. In a few decades. I mean, if you're going to look at the overall span of, you know, history. Yeah. It's just a very short amount of time. We just got really big and stopped having babies. If God was running a zoo, and I was reminded the other day that zoos, they're one of their main functions these days is not only to get people interested in wildlife and therefore conservation but to breed uh endangered species zoos do wonderful work so if you're a little uncomfortable with the zoo thing remember they are keeping species alive anyway having said that if god was running a zoo he would be having a crisis meeting god runs everything with all of the well, no, if, if humankind was his zoo, mm. there would be an emergency meeting right now of all the zookeepers and the biologists and the rest trying to figure out why... So much khaki. 
So why, why? The, the, the human breeding program was going so disastrously wrong. On the other hand, uh, the population is, what, quadrupled in the last hundred years? Maybe this is a natural response to that. And then we just, it just gets in the environment somehow and we realize it's getting too crowded and we stop having babies? Yeah, listen, I, I spend a career talking about stuff I'm only half knowledgeable about, knowledgeable about. This stuff I'm like a tenth knowledgeable about. But I will tell you this. There are aspects of human, human interaction that are still very, very mysterious. And we're learning more about them. But like, who knew about pheromones? that when you got close to somebody of the opposite sex, somebody you were attracted to, there were tiny little molecules in the air that your body picked up on and gave you the message, uh, this person is somebody you could get with genetically, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that stuff's amazing, how biology actually actually works. That's why you meet somebody and you're kind of gaga about them and you're not their friend. Even even their friend might even be better looking, but for whatever reason... You're not, you just aren't. Or speaking as a heterosexual male, you, you see two women walk past in an airport, and one, you get that, ah, feeling, and the other is perfectly attractive. You think, oh, that's a, that's a pretty girl there. And, but anyway, um, having said that, it's not a stretch at all to think we're built with some sort of anti-overpopulation mechanism mm. as a species. Again, I don't know. It's a guess. Okay. Um, most common days people call in sick. One of them is coming up. <laughs> Got that list. Hashtag Super Bowl Saturday. Huh? There Am are, I wrong? There are a couple of things nope. that have been said about the impeachment trial already today that we should throw your way as the some of the House managers have just come out and done a little uh, statement. Yeah, listen, there's a lot of this that's going to be very boring, but if you're a fan of sniping and ugliness, this is going to be an all-timer. I mean, savagery, viciousness, fangs bared, round the clock. Where there are already claims of a cover-up, so stay tuned for that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I just want to add that this fixation on the Clinton precedent is weird. The Clinton trial was conducted fairly, but distorting what happened there shouldn't make a difference. The question is, should you have a fair trial now? Any intelligent person knows that in any trial, whether it's for robbing a bank or for subverting the Constitution of the United States. The accusers, in this case the House of Representatives, bring in all the witnesses and all the evidence. The defenders can bring in all the evidence they want. That's how you have a trial. To be debating whether you should have the evidence admitted, to be debating whether you should allow witnesses, is to be debating whether you should have a cover-up by definition. A cover-up! Boy, that's, Can some you good, believe that? that's some good politics. That's Gerald that's, Nadler. That's some good spin. I mean, it, it was there was a lot of dishonesty there, but it was skillfully done. That's Gerald Nadler, one of the House managers for the Democrats uh, a few minutes ago, and they haven't even started the wrangling over rules yet and all that sort of stuff, and we'll talk more about that later. What he kept doing, which was clever, was um, pairing the legitimate with the completely dishonest. 
as if they're obviously a matched set and, and one is like the other. It was, it was pretty skillful. The uh, During the Clinton thing, they, they debated whether to have witnesses later in the process, which is what old Mitch wants to do in his Tertillian way. <laughs> Tertillian. You had more on how skinny we were? Well, sort of. Um, speaking of fat people, uh, the, a big win for the good guys over in Iraq. They 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 found and took into custody Abu Abdul Bari, also known as Shifa Al Nima, also known as Jabba the Jihadi. Jabba the Jihadi. Five hundred and sixty pounds, son of a gun. Fat. Nabbed by an elite SWAT team in the city of Mosul. The jumbo jihadist. This is uh, the New York Post, which really takes delight in this sort of story. The jumbo jihadist was known for provocative speeches against the security forces and is considered one of the top leaders of ISIS that was still at large. He issued fatwas, those are your religious decrees, ordering execution of scholars and clerics who refused to pledge allegiance to ISIS when ISIS occupied Mosul, which you may remember is Iraq's uh, second largest city. I'd forgotten. I saw this story the other day. It, the headline was, The Guy Who Puts the Fat Back in Fatwa. <laughs> <laughs> but during the heyday of, of the caliphate back in 2014, this tub of goo ordered the destruction of a mosque built at the site of the burial place of the biblical prophet Jonah, who had his famous encounter with a whale. Uh, Majid Nawaz, founder of the London-based anti-extremism th- uh, think tank Quilliam, shared images of the heavyweight's arrest. Quote, he was so overweight, maybe from remaining sedentary in his hiding place, that he was taken by police in the back of a pickup truck. Wow. Um, and he issued religious justifications for sl- enslaving people, raping men, women, and children, torturing, ethnic cleansing, massacring Iraqis, Syrians, and others. Um, a guy who can't even stand on his own two legs. And he says, do not underestimate the psychological blow the image of this obese monster being arrested is to ISIS. Gluttony is frowned upon by jihadists. Also, ISIS branded themselves as fighters possessing rare courage and discipline. Meanwhile, this walrus was their top religious <laughs> cleric. Walrus. <laughs> I just appreciate the shots. That's hurtful. Yeah, that's fabulous. Um. Uh, that uh, he looks like the world's biggest chicken," said one uh, commentator who fought with a U.S.-backed Kurdish militia in Syria, applauded the capture of the pro-rape, pro-torture monster. All right, what is going on? First, this uh, we got this text: CNN's covering impeachment like Malaysia Flight 370, almost entirely speculation, little substance. Oh, it is going to be one you of think? the. It's going to be one of the dark periods for all cable news because a lot of the impeachment's going to be behind closed doors for hours at a time, maybe entire days. Right, and the entire time, cable news is going to have breaking news, impeachment, something or other, right. and just speculation. It's well, and third-hand leak fest. Right. A staffer close to a staffer has told our reporter that Mitch McConnell is demanding an end of the trial before it begins. They'll go with that for about 12 hours. But so what is going on with Hillary Clinton? So we mentioned earlier, I'm going to bring back up that quote. Okay, here it is. So uh, Hillary said, um, and she apparently said this years ago, but she said just yesterday she stands by it, so. Talking about Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton said he was in Congress for years. He had one senator support him, she said, in a forthcoming four-part docu-series that's going to air in March. 
Hillary said of Bernie, nobody likes him, nobody wants to work with him, he got nothing done, he was a career politician, it's all just baloney, and I feel bad for people who got sucked into it. Wow. And she stands by that assessment. She just now, uh, Hanson, can you scroll down on the screen? There was a couple of the columns that had the Hill with Hillary just recently. There you go. Hillary Clinton says the McConnell rules for the Trump impeachment trial are like a head juror colluding with the defendant co- to cover up a crime. Oh! So why is Hillary out yesterday with a blast of Bernie, out today with a blast of McConnell, and weighing into the whole impeachment thing? What are you hinting I, at? Well, I don't know. What? I just know. say it! Is she merely trying to stay relevant because the moment, the moment, she, I mean, because she could slip into who cares what you think that this fast. Right. And then she's just done. That's Nobody ever hears from her ever again. Walter Mondaleville. All right. What did Walter Mondale say today about the impeachment? Nobody cares. Yeah, I don't. Or is she thinking? Is she just that's just somebody who lost the possibility alive? Walter Mondale lost running for president many years ago. I mean, yes. usually you just disappear into obscurity. She's trying to stay relevant, or you know, like Joe just said, is she trying to keep hope alive to end up the nominee? Oh boy, that's oh a hell boy. of a thing to say about all those Bernie supporters who are. Her supporters were like, "Yeah, I think you probably could win, and that'd be all right." His supporters are into it. They're, they're, they're. That's the. They, they believe that stuff. It's part of their identity, right? And for her to say, "I feel sorry for you," oh, mmm, mmm. The knives are out. I would say. get used to pronouncing Klobuchar. That's my prediction. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. Where'd that come from? Huh?